Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Hope Church. Good morning, everyone. You may have a seat. Thank you. This is my home here. Jesus has changed my life. There's nothing to be surrounded with God's people here. This is our place. This is our people. We're going for it for all that God has for us. Come on. Thank you so much, Pastor Ash. Can we give it up to Pastor Ash? We are blessed, let me tell you. We are blessed to have an amazing leader here at Hope who always brings a message with truth, conviction, and relevance that meets people where they are and connect with Jesus. Just last week, we had 15 people trusting with Jesus. That's the party that's always break down in heaven. I mean, people go wild when somebody, one person, imagine 15 of them connect with Jesus. And all that through Hope Church. I love very much. Last week, we were privileged to have Pastor Henry, straight from Uganda, came and shared with us here at Hope Church, and it was a really good time, and we get to invest in their church. And on Monday, he got to speak to our team, our staff team. I'm privileged that not only am I part of the volunteer teams, I'm also part of the staff here. One of the best jobs I ever had, just saying. It's amazing. I have awesome bosses. I love what we get to do. There's a purpose. This is driven. There's like amazing things happening. Pastor Henry was sharing with us some of the truth that I wanted just to share with us. He was saying that God has equipped our church, has given us all that we need through our pastor, Ash, to take us to another level. I want to tell you, great things are happening. The great things are coming to pass. If you think we have seen great things, there's more to come. He literally saying, and he's the first time coming to visit us, and he was really speaking from God's point of view. He's saying, God has given the pastor, Ash, for our body, for this season, to take us to another level. And he also challenged us, as much as we're going to honor her as our leader, as much as we get to trust her, we're going to receive so much. There's so much blessing is going to come through Pastor Ash. And I tell you, I've seen many things. My life has been changed. Just having a woman after God, Pastor Ash, he has changed and equipped me. And the great things are coming. Amen. Thankful for our leadership and all the everybody that get to sow in this church. This was look like to be part of the kingdom that keep moving. Have you been enjoying our series, Next Level You? It's one of my favorite. It's exciting because truthfully, any new things, any next step in your life always require next step you. Have you noticed? For instance, I'm a father of two. There was a big difference when I was before. Wait a minute. When I didn't have any kids, when I had the first kid, I had to step up, if you know what I'm saying. Even blessings or challenges, you just have to elevate your game. And there's nothing like when you elevate your game with Jesus in your corner. He makes you dynamite. He makes you confident. He gives you everything that you need to be all that God created to you. Now I have two babies. I love them. I would never have dreamed to be baby, uh, father of two. I would say baby, but father of two is amazing. And every time it gets sweeter, and I've noticed that God gives me all that I need to be their father. God does the same thing to all of us. I love the verse we've been talking about, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. All things has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Jesus. Once you connect with Jesus, the old save, there's no more. All gone. You are a new creation. I can't tell you enough. 
there's a huge difference between me before Jesus and me after Jesus. When Jesus came in my life, he changed me. Once you connect with Jesus, he takes your life, literally, to another level. He gives you purpose. He gives you, you get to dream big. And you actually see it come to pass. Let's continue to lean off all what God has for us. All he has is good, good things. And we get to win in life. There's nothing like that. And my heart today simply is, don't just hear the truth just for Sunday. I want you to carry it. I love the message you've been hearing. Carry them through the week. Practice them. Sink in in your life. And then live it out. Because those things is going to make a deep break in your life. As you believe, you become. As simple as that. I love it. Even last week we talked about we are highly favorite. Our part, just faith it. Receive it by faith. God already gave it to us. Our part, just believe it and walk it. Anybody feeling highly favorite this morning? Anybody thankful for all God has done for him? Come on. Um, thinking about the next step, I remember when I was a kid. I was about six, six years old. My parents had a meeting, so they let us, me and my siblings, with a sitter at the time. And we were in the house, and somebody came outside the door. Back then, this is like early 90s. And there was people come around and still, it's not like people were vicious. They were just in need. They needed something. So they would literally come and take a soap, a bar of soap. They would come, steal water. That's how desperate time was that time. By the way, I am from Rwanda. It's a very tiny country and straight in the center of Africa. So that's where I grew up. I grew up outside. Thank you, Jesus. The weather's becoming nicer. It's I feeling like that's the weather I grew up in. So I am really excited. I love summer. <laughs> Anybody love summer? Uh, I knew you are my people. Yes. So back to the story. We're in the house. All of a sudden, we hear noises around the house. We realize this person is not coming to the house to see us. This other agenda. So we got nervous. We got scared. We all moved to my parents' house, my, my parents' room. We start hiding. We're like, probably this is common. This person might be coming to steal. And move, time moves on. Some of us were under the bed. Some of us under the sheets. Some of us were terrified and shaking. And including the adults that was with us. Here, young, brilliant ideas we had at the time. It's like, what could we do? We're panicking right now. We need to do something. Obviously, none of us was brave enough to go outside, including the adults in the room. It gets better, I promise. In most places in Africa, people have dogs. Not the most common things you know. Like, people have dogs not as pets. I grew up, they have them as guard. So if you come to visit somebody in some place in Africa, you might be greeted with the dog because they guard their house, especially nighttime. They are there to protect them, to protect the house, to protect the people. They actually stay in their little house, cage. That way, in the nighttime, they let them go. Here, lo and behold, a genius idea came to my head. I know something we can, might be able to do that might stop the thief. Since we don't have dogs, what's the next best thing to do? Well, we start by barking now. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. It's very embarrassing. We barked. The adults in the room barked. We're all along, we're thinking, if the thief thinks that we're barking as a dog, he's going to think there's a dog there, and they're going to leave us. Unfortunately, he didn't leave. He probably stole a couple bars and, you know, water. It's gone. Interesting enough, anytime you come with a challenge, sometimes, just like me and my crew that time, 
You tend to pretend you're something, and it doesn't always work out. Like barking as if somebody's going to believe you're actually a dog. Yeah, I don't sound, I think about it, I didn't know it sounded like a dog. As much as I thought in my head it sounded a dog, it obviously didn't work out. So on that note, we're going to believe to become great. Actually, something that changes. We're going to believe and do something that changes the situation. We're going to be talking about a story about the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. The first one that God anointed to lead the people. One of them really believed what God says and took the country to another level. Because of his personal relationship with Jesus and God, he was able to help his life and people around him. The other king, not so much. Along the way, he had his beliefs that home back. Although God moved in his life, there was something he never surrendered and unfortunately came back to haunt him. You can say, cause himself self-destruction. It never worked out. And I want us to learn from those two kings because that's a deal breaker for us. Usually our lives are based on what we believe. The Bible says in Psalms, what you believe, you become. Isn't it simple? If you believe you're a high favorite, you're going to act like it. If you don't think you're something, the confidence is gone. So we're going to jump to the story about Saul. The Bible says the first time he ever mentioned the story about Saul, his father just lost a donkey's. And he said, hey, son, go find those donkeys. Here is a servant. You go look for them and make sure you bring them when you come home. Pretty simple task. Maybe a little bit impossible because obviously he doesn't know where the donkeys are. They went, look everywhere. Go up on the hill, down in the valleys, looking everywhere, and nothing. To a point, Saul thought, let's go back. I'm sure my dad and I is worried about not just the donkeys, but about us. We should go. Thank you, Jesus, for the people like the servant. Servant looked at him and said, no, no today. We can't go home empty-handed. Did you hear your dad send us to bring the donkeys? Anybody here never gives up on anything? Come on. Say, I am exhaust all the resources before I throw the towers. He said, let's try everything we got. For the record, I have heard about this man of God. We should go. It sounds like a brilliant idea. Let's go ask him. He might be able to help us. We have nothing to lose. And he was talking about Samuel. Long and behold, he only knew just a sliver of what was coming to pass. While those two guys were looking for the donkeys, God went ahead of them and spoke to Samuel. God told Samuel, I am sending a guy. This guy, he thinks he's chasing donkeys. But I've seen him becoming a king of Israel. He thinks that he's something he's in his heart, but I have picked him to be the next king who's going to lead his people. You see him, he's going to come to you. And now we get to the scene. Saul, the want to be a king, come with his, his servant. They're freaking out, like, what are we going to do? Let's give it another shot. They're talking to Samuel, which was a man of God. And we're going to jump to 1 Samuel 9, 19. And Samuel, being a seer, seer means like he can see a future, he's like a prophet. And he said, he's telling to the guys, telling to um, Saul, go ahead of me to the high places. Today, you are going to eat with me. And in the morning, I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. What do you think that was in his heart? Anybody want to give it a shout at it? Donkeys. Donkey, donkeys, like... Could we not even talk about food right now? Could you tell me where the donkeys are? But that's why he was in his heart. He's telling him, all you have in your heart, I'm going to tell you. On top of that, 
As for your donkeys, which is obvious in heart in your heart, that you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. Thank you, Jesus. And for whom is all desire of Israel turned to, it is not to you and your whole family line. It's basically saying, God already met your needs. Don't worry about it. Let's come chill and eat because God met your need. Have you noticed God meets your need before you even get there? He knows you. He created you. He has all the answers that you need. That's how amazing God is. And Saul, being mesmerized, probably the same things like, what? But I am not the Benjaminite. This is the 12 tribe. I mean, the, the last one, basically. From the smallest tribe of Israel. And it's not my clan, the least of the clan of the tribe of Benjamin. What do you say such a things as me? He's like, you really talking to me right now? Have you noticed who I am? I lost. I'm looking for something. Obviously a big deal. Why are you talking to me like this? He had no idea that what God saw in him was grayness in him. He had no idea that God saw was the king. Not the guy chasing the donkeys, but the, God, the guy who's going to lead God's people. Who's going to be the first king who's going to bring victory and going to set up history as in the making. And that's why he said what he said. But Samuel said, you're the right one. You might still question it. And if you ever in those moments, just know, God still picked you. It's his favor. You don't have to always feel like you got everything figured out. We say, you are just right for Jesus. Jesus meets you, equips you. He picked you. Not something that we earn, but something he has given us. Freely given. That's how amazing God we serve. Samuel gave him some serious VIP treatment to Saul. He literally treated him as, if, as a king already. Before he anointed him, he literally let him sit at the head tables. He gave him the best Airbnb. Like, you know, how they, the, one of those we have now. At the time, he gave him the best one. He served him and he didn't serve him. Because he saw it, he's going to be more than a conqueror. Our first point today is we are more than the conquerors because of Jesus. You are more than the conquerors because of Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't anything so hard to provide. It wasn't anything that he had. Matter of fact, as we read the stories, he had no idea. But God already picked him to be the more than conqueror. God already made him and helped him to be who he called him to be. I love a verse in Romans 8, 37 to 39. We're going to read it together. No, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor any power, neither height, depths, or anything else in all creation will able, be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is amazing. God is saying, you are made more than conquerors. What more, more than conquer means? It simply means you're a super conqueror. You win and win. You're overwhelming, victorious in everything you find. And when Paul was writing about this, you know, when he said no things, he's talking about like sickness, believe God. If you have some sickness in your body, believe God. God can heal you. You're going to be more than conquer on that. A hunger, you've got to believe it. He's going to be more conquered than that. You are said to win in life. 
You are said to be head and no tail. He's, he's listing all the things that you can think of that usually trouble, trouble us, but God is saying, you are above them. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, you name it. What do you have this morning feels like it's, it's a problem? Line it up with God's word. Because God's word is going to say you're more than conqueror. God will tell you, you can do it. I love one of our leaders here. He usually when he, he's talking to the kids, like, we can do it. I love it. Because he's always like, you can do it. That's usually what he says. Like, you have to, you're facing something. You can do it. Yes, you can do it. You can do it. Because Jesus is with you. He'll make you be more than conquerors. I'm here to tell you, you are more than conquerors. It might sound big. It sounds wild. How can I be more than conquerors? Have you seen my problem? But all you have to do, God already knows them. But yet he picked you. He's not a stranger thing. He's saying, "Achieve all that I have for you. It's yours to take. Jesus, he literally won everything on the cross. So that way we can have freely have future, bright future. We can be all that God has created for us. Sin won't stop us. Nothing. Because all that Jesus has done on the cross. is the victory that's available for us that we didn't purchase. I don't know about you, I didn't purchase it. But it's available. Our part is believe it and walk it. Isn't it amazing? That's it. There's no other things sugarcoated on it. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 2.14. It goes by this. But thanks to be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. Leading us always to triumph. What do you need to be led to triumph this morning? Trust Jesus. He's going to lead you always to triumph. And the verse continues. Not only does he lead us to triumph, and through us, we spread and make evidence everywhere the sweet aroma of knowledge of him. Literally, basically say, literally, you win-win no matter what. Have you met somebody with a perfume? You can smell miles away. So when you win, everybody can see it. And they also want that. You are like ambassador, like last time we were talking about a couple weeks ago. And everybody was like, wow, you got something going on. You got some really nice smell of fragrance. You always winning. I want to be like you. And that's what God gets to do. And second point today is conquerors fight from victory, not for victory. There's a difference. Conquerors fight from victory. The victory is already purchased for you. It's not something you strive for. I know we're all ingrained like you don't um, receive something, you don't fight for it, just how our lives tells us. But it's different. That's what God's different than what we go through life sometimes. He's already purchased it. If you think about it, so had nothing to offer. At that very moment, he was available. He did have something to offer. But most things he became, God already have it on his plate. Just come enjoy the meal, bro. Just come be the king God sees in you. Receive it. Walk it. The victory is yours. Don't, when it comes to God, things are simple. Sometimes we complicate it, but it's easy because God says, I give it to you. Don't keep striving. The strive means that something doesn't align up with God's word. The more you believe it, the more you become. And I wish for, if Saul achieved those things, he could have seen like grayness in him. Matter of fact, he got to taste the first victory in the entire nation. After God anointed, after uh, Samuel anointed him to be a king, the Bible says he 
after he got anointed, the Spirit of God came into him, which means he became a new creation. He started talking differently. He started acting differently. Instead of from what he was used to lack, he had something to offer. He started prophesying. Before, he had no idea. And he started prophesying with other people who would prophesy, which means speak about the futures. God says, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to give you all that you need to be all that I'm calling you to be. You're going to have wisdom. You're going to be a great king. I'm going to give you ability to use wisdom. I'm going to surround you with people. One of them was Samuel. He's going to guide you through your kingship. Also, like any other good kings who's in battle, you need a weapons, right? You have weapons. You have people going to come around you, great men of God who's going to come and fight for you. Your victory is yours to walk in. Just walk in and believe it. And the word of God, it says, the word of God is actually like edge through swords. In other words, you can cut it anything that doesn't line up what God says. Whenever you face something, believe it. Use God's word. Speak with the boldness. Victory is yours to take. It's available for you. You are made to be more than a conqueror. I love it. I wish the story of Saul ended there. Like most movies, like Happy Ever After. Have you noticed those movies? But he didn't, unfortunately. There's something he never surrendered beginning with. So after he won his first battle with the Philistines, the Philistines realized, these people are serious. These people really mean business. They really have a God on their side. So what are we going to do? We're going to go invite our cousins, our uncles, our neighbors. We need to set up another war because we can't, we can't settle for L. We need a W. So they went and invited all these people coming for the second time to fight Israel. And the army around Saul started getting scared, very nervous. I can only imagine. I mean, you're seeing like there's so many people around there. They're about to come to fight you. They start hiding. God already gave a promise. You're going to win. I am with you. Trust me. The bigger the battle is, the more the glory is going to come for my name. And the more you're going to see that God is who he say he is. He's with you. You should be excited when you're a few against many. When you find yourself in an impossibility situation, you should be get excited. The victory is just getting higher. There's nothing like killing a giant or compared to a small problem. The bigger problem is God excited to see victory come to pass. And then... But Saul, he's like, oh, I'm not sure. People around me are nervous. They're getting scared. What am I going to do? I think about it. Probably one of his thoughts was, just like I was, like, should we just bark for a minute? What do we do? Could we get an idea? What are we going to do right now? And then he did something that wasn't he, he was supposed to do. He made a burnt offerings. A burnt offerings was supposed to be made by the prophet. Kings weren't supposed to make a burnt offerings. But because he was scared, he was nervous, he went anyways. He went against the God's word, says, I am with you. I'm going to give you promise. Went on Samuel. He's the one who's going to do the burnt offerings. The victory is yours to take. But because he got nervous, because the people were nervous, he then like, I, I got to do this. I can't take it anymore. And any time now, we're going to fight. And it's very interesting. As soon as the Bible says, as soon as he did the burnt offerings, Samuel came. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offerings, Samuel arrived. Isn't it awkward? You know you're not supposed to do something and you do it, and then the person comes. I think about that story. I have a little daughter, she's two. Sometimes I give her snacks, like, wait for me. 
I'm about to get your drink. Just wait for a few seconds, okay? I'm coming. And sometimes I come back, it's like already open, already smooshed. And as this little she is like, I'm sorry, daddy. I'm sorry. She tried to figure out how to fix it out. It's like, this is awkward. Even her, she's feeling the, you know, the awkward moments. Like, only if you wait for a few seconds. And that's the awkward moment I can imagine in the eyes. Like, Samuel say, you couldn't wait for a second? So Saul thinking, shoot, only if I could have waited just a sliver. This, I wouldn't have been in this awkward moment. And Samuel went and asked him, why are you doing this? What have you done? In verse 11, Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are making ready for a battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us in Gilgal. And I haven't even asked the Lord help. You can ask God's help anytime, by the way. So he felt compelled to offer their burnt offerings myself before you come. Something was stirring, so I had to do this. He's blaming people. Hello. He found himself in the trouble time. And Samuel rep- replied, You haven't not kept the command of the Lord your God given you. Have you kept it? Catch this. The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. You have become legendary, literally. Only if you have waited, I give you a word. If you have trusted me, you have been an amazing king. But now your kingdom must end because of your disobedience, because you didn't trust me. Now it's going to end. I saw out a man after his heart, meaning God is finding someone else. Something that he didn't trust God, and about something that's holding back. God had something he had planned for him to be the amazing king that everybody's going to look upon. But because his disbelief, the old self, you can say he was a king, but he was yet, he was being the same boy chasing the donkeys. How often do we do that? God gives a promise. How often says, wait for the right person. I haven't prepared it for you. And you wait like, shoot, I can't wait no more. I need to figure out my own strength. And long behold, you see someone else that God potentially have prepared for. It's like, only if I have waited. Or God says, be faithful with giving. I'm going to keep pouring blessing in you. But he's like, I'm tight. My finance is tight. I got to do this. My life is not in order. Before you found out, the real raise is coming. It was in the makings. Only if you believe and trust God. God, what he says, always come to pass. Our part is believe. Our part is, you know what I say? Yes and amen, what you're saying. I love that God says, I'll pick a man after my heart. What does he mean, a man after God's heart? It really means somebody who walks in faith. It means somebody who trusts God. If God says something, they take upon his word. They're the people who say, you said to tithe? Absolutely. I know this is my benefit. Because your word says, when I tithe, the heaven Everything's going to be abundant. I'm going to have abundant in my life. You said to forgive somebody, I'm going to say yes and amen. Because that's going to free me instead of always being in a bondage. You said to make room for others that expands my influence, yes and amen. I am going to trust your word. Your word is good for my life. You set me up to win. I'm going to say yes to it. And that's what changes. Let's practice. Let's say yes and amen to his words. He will never fail you. Ever since I counted Jesus, never failed me once. The difference sometimes I have my shaky moments, 
It's like, oh, maybe I need to try my strength. It never works out. I'm just saying. But anytime I say yes to Jesus, he always comes through it. He's just like, I already have victory ready for you. It's yours to take. And just receive it. This morning, no matter what you're going through, say yes and amen to his promises. You are more than a conqueror. He already purchased the victory. All you have to receive it and walk it. Imagine if so believed it. We wouldn't be talking to him like this. We'd be saying, remember the amazing king of Israel? Who knows? Maybe they would not have been a David. You know, there's like a Nicholas and all the star of David. It's like super popular things. Maybe it would have been Saul. We don't know. But he's himself who stopped the blessings or that God had for him because of his insecurity. Because something that he believed that he never given up. I remember when I was a kid in my fifth grade, I had a teacher. Maybe some of you can be able to relate. And I love, we have a school here. It's awesome. The kids get to um, do school, put God's first. They do chapels. They have amazing teachers who always believe big things for them. They're calling up to be champion, the world changers. And it's amazing. Me on fifth grade, not so much. I didn't have that. It was a different. I had a teacher who did not believe in me, who spoke not good things. He's like, you'll never be anything. You're not smart. All you do is chat and talk. Granted, I was not the quietest kid. Anybody agree with me? Anybody like, ooh, I was, <laughs> I see some hits. So every so often somebody would poke myself with a pencil because kids do those things. I will try to poke them back and they both get in trouble. But there is a way to speak life even when you have trouble. And that's why the difference between somebody who follows God, they give you a good uh, correction. Correction is not rejection. But that teacher, I remember telling me multiple times, like, you're not going to become anything. The problem is, what she said, I start believing. I start thinking, yeah, I'm not going to become anything. Have I noticed lately? I, I, it wasn't like a, a friction to have me and my teacher. It changed where I started looking at my classmates. Like, obviously, they know where they, they figure out what they're going to do. They're smart. They listen. Me, on the other hand, I am not sure. What am I going to do with my life? I mean, have you seen me lately? It became something I put in my identity. But I'm here to tell you, those things don't let you hold back. That's my past. When Jesus came, he threw that thing out of my mind. Thank you, Jesus. You wouldn't be seeing me here today. I'll be hiding. I'll be under the chair somewhere. I won't, be I won't be where people see me. I isolated myself until I made Jesus. Jesus said, you are a new creation. Don't let things people spoke over you become your identity. Don't let a teacher or somebody in your family who says something negative and that really impacted you. Let it go. It's hard. I can't tell you enough. You create friction, not just with the teacher. My classmates, my friends, because something they said. As soon as I say yes to Jesus, he took that away. Thank you, Jesus. Let it down, because God makes you a new creation. That's how amazing God is. He will do the same to you. He did it with me. He makes you greater. Now I know I am smart. I know I do in life. I have babies. I'm successful. I'm talking. I'll be shaking right now. You won't be seeing me here. I am a literally different person. I wish you'd seen me when I was young. It was a different person. I'm just saying. God does those wonders. Just experience it. You do great things with your life. 
And that's what God has for you. If Saul understood that, he wouldn't be that in that stage right now. Just because he lost in the beginning, if he trusts God, that old self is dead, he's a new creation, he would be a great king. Granted, every so often I still have those lies in my head. If I have an argument with somebody, it's like, oh yeah, you're not anything. But you should say, God, you spoke word of life. I say yes and amen to you. What you say is more important to me than negativity God sown in me. Or your past, let the past behind. Accept what Jesus has for you. Because he has greatness waiting for you. You are more than a conqueror. That's his word. When God decided to pick a man after his heart, which is David, it's amazing because David had the same similar background as a Saul. Maybe even worse. He was the youngest. He was a shepherd's boy hanging out with smelly sheep. I, I have played with the shepherds back in, the, in my times when I was a kid. We play with feet and sheep smells. So it's a different dynamic. I'm just saying. It is true. They, people looked them down about him, right? He was the kid who take crackers and cheese to his brother who were cool in the army. He's the kid. He's the son that his father forgot him when Men of God came to anoint the next king. How do you think he felt? Really bad, right? But all I love about his attitude, he never let that hold him back. He believed he was born to be a gladiator. He was born to be a conqueror. He believed he was a king in on his field. How do I know it? The Bible says the lion and bear came to take on his sheep, and he stood up. He crushed those two animals with his bare hands, like nothing like a manly man, just destroying animals with his hands. It's like, ah, rip him apart. That was David, right? He knew that God has more for him. Most of us know his stories when he came against Goliath. But what you don't realize is he was living in the victory way long before he came on the scene. He was already a winning person. He was already somebody who walking in the victories. And just happened to be he was bringing crack and cheese again, walking miles, his brother, that everybody's scared, running away. And he said, what? Nobody's standing up to this enemy of God? Let me in, coach. I'll step up. No manly man can stand up to this guy. Oh, I am a boy. I'm young. But I know who God I serve. Let me in. I'm out to show you who God is. I love his attitude. He says, I trust God. I love the song we say, proclaim your words. Believe what you're saying. Believe God's promises will come to pass. What you believe, you become. David knew he was going to be a conqueror. David knew before he fought Goliath, he's going to win. How do I know that? He wanted to fight a giant with sandals or flip-flops. I usually like wearing flip-flops. Or Crocs or shorts because it was hot out there. When the giant came in, shield, spear, only probably his only forehead was exposed. Could you imagine like, the, the differences? Young boy against this huge, humongous guy. And this guy just come in like, this is easy peasy. You know what? I think about it. David say, I'm not going to waste people's time. I'm just going to kill him really quickly. Let's just move on with our life. It sounds funny. Don't waste your time battling your problem. Believe God. Tell your problem. Shout it by faith. Problems, look straight in the eyes. 
I got no time for that. I've got on my side. I am a victorious. I am more than a conqueror. David went on, killed the giant with a slingshot, with a rock. Shoot. And then he cut his head with a sword. That's a real man, let me tell you. That's amazing, right? And I love that his personal relationship with Jesus brought victory in his life. Him believing that he was born to be a conqueror affected his life. He became an amazing king. But more importantly, it affected people around him. What everybody was scared when he stepped out, the Bible said at the end, they came to fight the enemy. After David took up the giant, the people were scared and hiding, including his brothers. They got up with the courage, finally, <laughs> to go to fight the Philistines. Once you have a relationship, you know who God created you to be, you affect people around you. The true conquerors inspire people. Our third point is conquerors inspire others. Conquerors inspire others. You are. The more you believe you're a conqueror, you're going to affect people around you to believe what God says. People who've been struggling with anxiety, you're going to speak the words of life in them. It's like, I used to struggle with those, but God made me great. He created me to be a new creation. You can have the same thing. The Bible says even later on, lots of people follow David while he was running away from the king. So, because he knew he was going to be the next king. They were not in a good shape, but David turned up to be a mighty man. We know him as a mighty man, but beforehand... They weren't. Now let's look in our lives. Who has been mighty lately? Because we are planted in our families. Who has been mighty in our work? Who has been mighty in our circle of sphere? Because we trust Jesus. Let it be a motivation. Say, I am going to stand up for the truth. I'm going to make a mark. And I want to see people around me connect with Jesus. Because I am planted there. David was able to do great things with people God trust him. Difference with Saul, when Saul was anointed, he was trusted with many guys who were really great. At the end of his life, they weren't anymore. They were fearful. David, on the other hand, no people were on the same standard, but he raised them up to be great. Let people around us, let's our kids, our children, let's people who God has trusted us become great. Our friends, I love every time somebody invites somebody to Hope Church. To see who God is. Trusting that God is going to change their life. He's going to become a new creation. Because God's going to do the same thing. All those things starts with us making a personal decision. I'm going to believe what God says. Just like David had a personal relationship with Jesus. I want us to commit to Jesus. Surrender to all those places that we still have doubt. Leave the past behind. Let's say yes to his promises. I am a conqueror. I don't care with my past. I know my presence is bright. I know my future is even brighter. God has put me in this place to be great. And I'm going to do my responses yes and amen to it.